1: We're back.
2: Another edition of Kevin's Corner. It is week 16. A lot is at stake. And, I mean, I guess for what seems like a lot of weeks this season, it was a Shane Steichen Wednesday presser with a lot of questions off the field about the Colts. Uh, Kevin Bowen, Eddie Garrison, we are back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner. Colts and Falcons. The line has shifted big time, um, at least for Vegas to Colts are favored by two this morning. Now Falcons favored by one. What? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll update you. I don't know if, you know, someone in the Georgia area has placed a large wager or what. But uh, we'll update you on the injury report again just to walk through today for the Colts. So we'll uh, update you on that. Uh, hopefully that'll be released here within our recording of the podcast. Uh, EJ Speed was outstanding with us earlier in the week on our morning show. Going to toss that into today's podcast as well. Mr. Garrison. You're carrying a football around. You, you, yeah. This is playoff time. I mean, this is. You are no nonsense right now.
3: No, in the fact that you know we could be the Colts could be without Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss this week. I'm just you know you were toting it right keeping now, keeping it high and tight. You are uh, there's no points. air. Yeah, no air. That's you a little know, tease. just in case I need the call. They need me to sign me to the practice squad and get elevated for Sunday's game. I, you never know. So
2: you are ready. Yeah. Uh, no air between that uh, little EJ speed tease. As that was a question we talked with him about after that critical. Force fumble that he had on Saturday. Before we get any further, Eddie Garrison, I owe you um, oh,
3: something.
2: Oh, okay. You so, paid up. Yeah, I, I, I I've owed you. Um,
3: wow, King. Now, how size. many times have I Impressive. called you, Andy,
2: over the? Um,
3: it was only twice, but with, uh, you know. Let
2: me. I'm digging here into interest. my backpack to wow, see what else is two in here. Packages. You've brought up interest before with me on that.
3: And um, so did. Uh, listeners of the pod yeah
2: uh-huh. so
3: we've got four king size a white a reese's take five and the pieces are so you and all out holy
2: so holy it, I, I thought a variety of the reese's you know yeah. you walk into any okay. gas station right now and it's like uh do you want gas or reese's i mean that's pretty much like what yeah. is offered there uh, so we have a variety there of four different kinds wow now my favorite is the big cup. Yes. So with I, the
3: Reese's pieces,
2: you know that's sitting there in my car. It took a lot of abstinence uh, from me there to re- refrain from that. And then, <laughs> as a Reds fan, I know that um, you can get some Reds gear here. So, oh my, a little merry you went all out, holy, a little merry Christmas. Holy bleep. To thank you, the great Eddie Garrison, producer of this podcast here. Um, Last re- year
3: was just a thirty dollars gift card to the shop. Indy now it's. And $25 to get an LED of the cruise shirt or well, something? again, 30 down to 25
2: candy. I had to spend 5 on the Reese's, so <laughs> we had to make up for it in other areas. But in all thank seriousness, you, thank you for everything you do for the podcast. And I know all of our listeners appreciate that, so uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody out there. I know it's a crazy time of year from a travel standpoint, and I uh, Hope everyone has safe travels and can spend time with family and friends, and I know that podcast listening might be in uh, whatever, might not be happening, or uh, might be in different areas than you usually do, so really appreciate all of your guys' loyalty to listening to us throughout the year. Uh, again, we'll get into the Falcons. Um, you know, Eddie, they're one of the more nondescript teams, I think, in the entire NFL. Uh, I-, I feel like the only people that know Falcons players are like, why did I draft this guy in fantasy again? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much like how their skill guys are treated and it'll be Taylor Heineke uh, for a second straight year for the Colts. So, uh, before we get any further, let's get to the news item of the week and that was Tony Brown uh, and Isaiah McKenzie suspended for three games without pay uh, and their availability if the Colts make the playoffs. Very much in question. Um, Boy, Eddie, I, I, I can't recall in my, whatever, 12 years of covering the Colts, uh, this ever happening, to be honest with you. Uh, contract detrimental to the team was the phrase used. Again, we're talking three games to, you know, two somewhat notable players at the most critical juncture of the season. Um, you know, you, you could have cut them. You know, that to me is kind of an interesting angle to it that you've gone s- suspension instead of cut here. Um, this is not a league issued suspension either. You know, if you look at the Colts, you could throw out a headline, you know, seven Colts players suspended since June. That is a crazy high number. I, I don't know if they've had seven suspensions in the other 11 years. I've covered the team combined, and they've had seven since June. Now, there's plenty of context to provide around that number of seven. Obviously, you had two for gambling and Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry. Uh, you had two for PEDs and Grover Stewart and Alkanin Muhammad. Uh, Chris LeMond's that you know physical violence from um, Las Vegas dates back to the spring, and he was suspended for three games. And then uh, you obviously have these two and three games. So, you know, Eddie, it, it's pretty wild to me to think, you know, the You've had three three-game suspensions, LeMans, Tony Brown, Isaiah McKenzie, two six-gamers, an Alkanin Muhammad and Grover Stewart for the PEDs, and then two full-year suspensions and Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry. Like, seven suspensions of multi-game? Again, you do not see that. You do not see it, certainly with the Colts. You def— I, I should say I rarely see it around the NFL. I've never even, never even sniffed it here in Indianapolis. So um, that is a bit kind of like jarring. Um, that really stands out now. If you want to look at the seven again, I guess only two of the seven were Colts issued. You know, you did cut Isaiah Rodgers. You did cut Rashad Berry, but you know that was a still a league-wide suspension there. Um, And then, obviously, Shane Steichen is the one and Chris Ballard, you know, combining, I guess, if you will, on this news. um, You can look at this, I guess, a bunch of ways. Um, You know, Chris Ballard is such a big, big Tony Brown fan. And, I mean, they both had roles in this football team. I think the loss of them, it just really means you can't or you really, 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 really need Josh Downs and Kenny Moore to stay healthy. Those are two guys that play, I think, kind of unique roles as a slot and a nickel. And I don't see any really obvious depth for them on the roster or even on the practice squad. So I guess that's kind of my on-field takeaway from it. But to go from being inactive on Saturday to suspended for three games without pay the rest of the season, I mean, Eddie Garrison, that is like my mom telling me, Kevin, go to your room And then my mom saying, Kevin, go to the state penitentiary. I mean, three games, not pay. Mm -hmm. For, I would say, guys that you would consider uh, uncertain futures in the NFL. I mean, contractually, it's just one year deals. You know, for the most part, they're kind of special teamers. Isaiah McKenzie, a little bit more than that. So, I mean, this is a massive, massive penalty for them. Obviously, so many people are curious. You know, what do they do? What, what is the rumor? You know, someone told me late, late last week it was a severe enough event that happened that merits the punishment that you'll see. And when I saw they were both inactive on Saturday, I was like, oh, okay, that's contributing to it. Now, you know, on Saturday, you could have pointed to, well, you know, Juju Brent's is back. You know, you, you could probably have made a little yeah. bit of a, 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 a rationale to maybe why they both were healthy scratches. And, you know, typically we get Shane the day after the game. So we had Shane on Sunday, and I had on my notes ask about McKenzie and active in particular. Uh, but to me, it wasn't as big of a question as maybe some of the others that I wanted mm-hmm. to get in. And so when you see the headline yesterday, you're like, damn, like, this is much more than I thought.
3: So really, it's a four-game suspension. Or original. But they got paid one game.
2: Correct, yeah. And again, to me, the healthy and active is not like the end of the world. It's notable. But, I mean, we've seen guys you know of different reasons be healthy and active it's breaking a curfew something like that showing up late to a team meeting those sorts of things you know by all accounts there's nothing at least on the surface right now that's bubbled up from a criminal matter um, you know you would think if this was a fight i mean 3 games without pay like <laughs> for something you know that that seems like a really really harsh punishment uh, you know you saw the Demonte Casey news earlier this week Eddie of him being suspended 3 games for the hit on Michael Pittman Jr., um, I'm of the belief that 90-some percent of that decision is not because of the hit, it's because of the repeat offender. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Draymond Green. It's five times he's already been fined this year. It's He's been ejected from a game back a handful of years ago and hitting Cam Newton on a slide. If Julian Blackman has that same hit against Drake London, Coming up on Sunday, I don't think you know, maybe Blackman gets ejected from the game, but I don't think you're looking at three games. Right. The rest of the year, so you know, I asked Shane today: Is this a repeat offense? Is this isolated? Obviously, Shane did not want to entertain that. Um, the standard of accountability is what he held to, and yeah, I we'll go
3: through that internally.
2: right, right. Obviously, accountability is a juicy word, and it's a word that you know, Eddie. If you go back to our uh, January pods, I mean, hell, probably before that. And we listed out the prerequisites for what the next coach needed to be about. I guarantee you, I said something to the effect of, in some order, offensive mind. Yep. Some sort of quarterback stability that you feel like you can provide, or you know, growth in that area. Uh, and then the other one would be uh, willing to be accountable. Um, and you know, you can be accountable and like. I guess you could probably look at it a couple of ways. You know, some might look at this and say, "Well, you know, these guys shouldn't act out." You know, it, 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 whatever. If you have great culture and you have great character, they shouldn't even get there. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a big locker room. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of. I, I don't know if people care about this, but Eddie, you know, this is the old. This is the thing with Isaiah Rodgers we did back in the summer. Eddie, if you would have handed me a list on you know last Wednesday and said, "Kevin, two guys in the Colts roster are going to be." suspended three games here coming up in the next week name me five players and if you're right you know you get all those Reese's back uh, these two would have been on the list so like that that aspect is not stunning to me but again so you're gonna have people just naturally I mean you know whatever it's life people just act out so do you hold them accountable to the Sanders that you've created for your locker room you can do that off the field in this case or Eddie again on the field. And when I said accountability, to me, it is a universal accountability. It is on and off the field. And if you look at Shane Steichen, this is obviously off the field. I mean, this is you know a, a, a massive punishment. But the on-the-field stuff, I don't want to lose sight of either. And I know a lot of people have kind of pushed back why you know the Colts did not cut Shaquille Leonard for accountability reasons. I'm not saying that Chris Bowden and Shane Steichen sat in a little room and said, watch this. We're going to cut them. We're going to send this message. But what you do when you cut a captain, a $20 million guy, a side-of-the-building guy, one of the loudest figuratively and literally voices in that locker room, indirectly— And a fan favorite. And a fan favorite. Indirectly, you say, accountable. (laughs) Accountability, boys. Like, just because you have whatever— Last name of the CEO, or you know, all of a sudden, you know, you have these accolades in the past, it is a bottom line business, and that accountability to me is the most important part of it. So, guys in that locker room know, hey, this is a bit of a meritocracy, you're gonna get what you earn, and so that I think is what really stands out to me. Um, I think that covers everything on my end. Uh, Anything else related to Tony Brown and uh, Isaiah McKenzie? Yeah,
3: I want to ask you something that you just Talked about there. Um, while you were talking about, you know, when you said, hey, Eddie, um, ask me a list of five guys that can get the Reese's back, you said, yeah, these two guys wouldn't, su- you would put these two guys on that list. Right. Why?
2: I mean, it's probably a bit unfair f- for me, but, it, you know, it, it, clearly to be suspended for three games, Eddie, without pay, there is some sort of misconduct. Acting out unruly behavior—however you want to describe it—you know—I I feel like I'm picking out phrases that are in like all high school handbooks around the United States here. Yeah, and these two would strike me as a couple that could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, again, I'm not—I I don't know if I need to give like a ton more into it than that. I, I don't know if it's totally fair of me, maybe to even say that. But that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Um, I know somebody did bring up to me, like, wait a minute, was Tony Brown the one that ran into Isaiah McKenzie in Cincinnati and they started a brawl or something? No, that was a mere speed. So, I mean, it, it's it's not that. Um, so, yeah, uh, unfortunately, obviously not a lot of detail on it. And again, from an on-field standpoint, it thins your depth. I don't think it's too much more than that. Obviously, special teams hasn't been a gold star by any means over the last couple of weeks. So that is something to note without Tony Brown. Um, but you saw it on Saturday, you know, when Michael Pittman goes out, it's not more playing time for Josh Downs. It's more playing time for DJ Montgomery. Yep. So that's where, you know, when you look at the Amari, Amari Rogers signing back in camp, those sorts of things. Uh, and, and honestly, I was probably a little wrong on the on the McKenzie usage this year. I thought in camp there was a lot of gadgety stuff that they used, and I don't feel like we saw a ton of that. You know, his playing time was not a lot at all. But even when he was on the field, it's not like they utilized him a whole lot there Um, anything else suspension wise before we move on
3: no i just thought it was odd with the pairing of like positions um typically like with the ped for instance it was grover and alquhadeen muhammad two defensive linemen and it was just surprising that it was a wide receiver and a cornerback but i guess the one common denominator between those two is special teams so i've got no idea
2: yeah, I yeah, I don't again position wise, I I, I yeah, I don't I, I guess a lot of people, you know, probably see wide out in corner and they think, Oh, they got in a fight at practice, you know, something went went wrong. I mean, honestly, these are two kind of slot centric guys, yeah. if you're gonna look at it like that. Um, now I, I'm always kinda of under the impression of like, well, aren't they both kind of more scout team guys mm-hmm. based off where they are at in their respective careers. Um, but it is interesting, like, deciding not to cut them. Yeah. And just suspending them. Um. so that is something that I'm just a little bit like doing the Brian one horse thing
3: now like I know we want to wrap this part of it up and get to the rest of the pod but like if the suspension is three weeks they make uh-huh. the playoffs let's say you suffer an injury let's say Josh Downs gets hurt or yeah
2: it's a great question you get
3: depleted in the cornerback room I guess that would be the reason why you suspend them Is like I, I,
2: I get I mean I to me don't know, it just seems like such an added distraction of like if you get to that point the need for those two don't seem to be huge. Now, you yeah. brought out the hypothetical there that would you know lead you to want Isaiah McKenzie, you would think.
3: Um, and I know they've brought Jarvis Landry in now a couple times for workouts. Right, did Workout um, Kiki
2: Kuti, I and believe, Kiki as well. Kiki yeah. So, you know, obviously they're looking into the slot wideout. They end up going with Jaden Mickens, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Special I mean, team or two. Mickens, yeah, pretty much only special teams really in his career. He was
3: very good with Tampa Bay as a returner.
2: Um, they had a, I forget his name, but number 57, I think, was in Tony Brown's locker today. I mean, it looks like they've already cleaned those out based off what I saw in the locker room. So, yeah, um, there's your off the field news item of the week in a week that, you know, probably more of the attention should be on Shane Syken for Coach of the Year.
1: With me in the holiday
3: season, yesterday I texted you three different ideas that we could do during the show today, or the pod, I should say, today. Uh, We came down to this one. It's like the elf or, you know, it's comic. Uh, or one of the reindeer that's not Rudolph that doesn't yeah. receive a lot of the praise for the hard work that the, this player puts in. Vixen, um, yes, Vixen. That was uh, I think that was the reindeer I chose if I could be any of them yesterday when Jake Curry <laughs> asked me on Korean Company. But during the final three weeks of the season, who has who is the elf or the one of the reindeer that's not Rudolph that will have to be? Um, a big part in terms of the Colts' success, um, not just only in the regular season, but if the playoffs that they didn't make it that far.
2: Yeah, I thought this was a great idea by you to to do this. Um, I, I kind of like picking an elf on each side of the ball, if you don't mind. That's fine with me. Um, and again, you can get a little gray area here when we're talking unsung player or whatever, under-the-radar player. Um, the first name I'm going to mention is this, Eddie. Do you know the Colts' player who's played the most snaps for the team this season? Alec Pierce? No. I'll give you two more guesses before we get into bad podcasting.
3: Bernard Ryman?
2: No. Oh.
3: It's not It's not Pittman, is it?
2: The offensive leader is actually Will Fries, I believe. Oh. Uh, but But uh, this is for the whole team. Will Fries is not my answer. One more guess. One more? And it's a defensive player, obviously.
3: Oh, okay. Um...
2: Julian Blackman? Julian Blackman, Eddie. That, to me, is the elf. Um, now, I know he's coming off a game in which he had a fumble recovery and interception, <laughs> yeah. so it's probably not like the best time. And I think listeners of this podcast will always—I've will, will re- always kind of been a Blackman guy. I, I think he's so damn instinctual. Um, I think the cornerback background you see quite often with him. Um, you know, I, I, I go back to when Gus Bradley took the job— And Gus called Philip Rivers up and was just like, hey, man, I know you're only there for a year, but give me a little rundown on what I'm walking into if you have any insight. And the first player he mentioned to him was Blackman. I mean, that kind of stands out. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about all the players Philip Rivers could have named coming off that playoff appearance and and Blackman uh, as a rookie, COVID rookie, is the one. That he named, and then you know, certainly he's had the injuries the last two years, Eddie, and you know, missed 14 games. So, just purely him playing like, if you would have told Julian Blackman before the start of the year, in week 16, you're gonna have played the most snaps of any Colt, I mean, he's gonna give you a hug, he's gonna say, Oh my gosh, you know, considering the availability I've had recently, that's huge for me in a contract year. But also, he's just been Julian Blackman, and what is that? It's around the ball, it's timely, it's a guy that catches tips and overthrows. Uh, that fumble recovery, go back and watch our replay. That was not a given fumble. Re- how many no. just clumsy, and, and not even clumsy is unfair to use, how many defenders maybe get so frantic in that situation, they lose track of where they are on the field, um, whatever. Hand-eye coordination struggles in that moment. Everyone describe it. Second Huge or recovery. third best tackler on the team, too. Yeah, so sound. Just sound. Sound and reliable. Uh, so Julian Blackman is my elf on defense, okay? Good do pick. You, do you have a uh, – I don't know if you went one elf in your brain or if all of that chatting by me allows you to go another elf. Um, I
3: will do one on each side. Now, it's hard for me to put label this guy as like somebody who doesn't get a lot of credit because I think he has in recent weeks, but um, yeah, I'm man. going Dio Dengbo here because – Gosh, gotcha, Eddie, he's been good. Like, he's been so good, yeah. and – There wasn't a lot of expectation coming into the season for him to be this good. All the talk coming into the season was about Quiddy Pay and how he was going to look. Obviously, you have Grover Stewart entering a contract year. Shaq Leonard getting a lot of the attention defensively. Can Julian Blackman stay healthy? Does Kenny Moore return to form? And not a lot of focus and time was spent on the development of Dio Dangbo. Now that he's a full-on year away from that Achilles tear, I think he's kind of putting on display what Chris Ballard envisioned when right. they watched him on tape.
2: Yeah, New York uh, Giants D lineman for most Super Bowl teams is kinda yeah. of, kinda of the thought there.
3: Yeah, and plus what, eight and a half sacks now, he's threatening double digits and I just don't I think all the production that you've received from him is just an added bonus this year and and he's gonna be critical down the stretch because you need the pass rush and he's been there at least the last month of the season consistently.
2: Yeah, there's been several moments where I've looked up here um, I looked down. I probably should say in recent weeks, and the third-down package has now been him, Ebucom, Buckner, and Taekwon Lewis. Ebucom
3: was a close second and, for me, by the way. Your
2: equity Pay has not been yeah. a part of that four-man rush group, and obviously with Taekwon and Dio, you offer a little bit of you know internal external flexibility with how they rush. Dio, I think, has been mostly the end. I feel like when I have looked up there or looked out there, and, and you know, that's something that is such a weekly Something I think Nate Ollie, the D-line coach and, and, and Gus Bradley, they do a great job of You know, mixing and matching What your IndyCar package looks like And again, the IndyCar package can be The same four But if you you mix and match where those four are Then, you know, if you're the right guard of the Falcons And, you know, you're Chris Lindstrom or whoever And you might be training all week for Buckner And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute A Dangbo's who I'm getting? Like, the scouting report looks like that? you know it's it's one of those things where uh, you know, last night and insert your jokes here I went to the Notre Dame Citadel basketball game uh, Michael Shrewsbury by the way will lead Notre Dame to a final four <laughs> last night though uh, no not a good sign to say the least horrific effort uh, but we talked with one of these season coaches prior to the game and he showed us a scouting report. It was just kind of fun reading through that of you know how a scouting report looks for a team. You know all these you know, pamphlets get put at these guys' lockers, and they're supposed to look at it. You know when you're an offensive lineman, you know Tony Sparano Jr. could hand Quentin Nelson and Will Fries a scouting report, but Atlanta is the one that ultimately decides you know who they put in front of you. You know in, in basketball, you know you can pick who you guard. Um, so that's a little bit different. Um, so, again, the fact that the Colts have you know so much versatility with a guy like Dio is vital. Uh, the other elf I'll go with, all right, offensively, and the, he's been much quieter than Dio Dangbo or Julian Blackman. Uh, but I'm going to go Drew Ogletree.
3: Mm, okay. I
2: think he's been a key cog in the run game here lately. And I think when you are an important part of the run game, naturally, inevitably, you have some sort of opportunity in the pass game. You know, I don't think Mo Alley-Cox is this great, great receiver. But, again, when you're on the field as much as you are and you go, you know, sometimes in multiple games without a catch, you know, if you're Shane Steichen, Jim Bob Cooter, Tom Manning, you think to yourself in that week of prep, guys, they're not thinking about Mo Alley mm-hmm. at all. Let's draw something up. And I think Ogletree is kind of getting into that. Uh, they're going to forget about him. Can we get something to him there? So, um, we know, you know, running... The football is obviously going to be a key here late. I'll go with Drew Ogletree as the other unsung elf.
3: You talked about it earlier uh, with this said player. Will Fries. for me. You talked about it. I, I, I can't recall this season where he's had a penalty, and it's like it's been a crucial penalty at all, really. He's been just available every week. Now, granted, it may not be the best every week, but he's available, and I can't say that he's been a big reason why the offensive line has been short at all this year in terms of success and shortcomings, so i got Will Fries here.
2: Will Fries, interesting. He is, I think, you know, for a seventh-round pick, and here in year three, very important to this football team. Um, Okay, I I like that segment. Um, Let's play the EJ Speed interview here, Eddie. Um, Let's toss this in. This is from Monday. Uh, EJ Speed on our morning show uh, here in Indianapolis. Myself, Kevin Bowen, and Andy Sweeney. Uh, Before we get to Twitter questions, before we get to the Falcons, EJ Speed time.
0: EJ Speed, he's joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. It's the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy hanging out with you another hour to go. Reaction Monday, all the basketball, pro and college, and obviously the Colts winners on Sunday over the, Saturday I should say, over the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-13. to You heard that play-by-play clip. That was EJ Speed, and he joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. EJ, good morning, man. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Yo, yo, what's up? How
4: y'all doing? I'm doing well.
0: I I am sure you are doing well after that win. how was how uh, how great was that locker room on Saturday after that beatdown?
4: Nah, it's cool. All the energy in the in the world, man. Gardner really turned us up after the win. All props to him. He did his thing. You know, we got we got another opponent next week. We just going to keep the thing rolling, keep, it, keep the tide going.
2: Now, there's very rare occurrences <laughs> where I would ever feel comfortable comparing myself to an NFL athlete. Let me be clear. But yesterday I think was maybe one of the few times. EJ Speed, if you don't mind, it looked like some of your Sunday routine involved. Did I see uh, – did you go Panda Express and Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday?
4: Oh, wow. Yeah, DoorDash is dangerous. I'm going to tell everybody that now, DoorDash is dangerous. <laughs> (laughs) but I'm scrolling through DoorDash and I seen Panda and I ordered it and I was like I think I want Buffalo to order that too it was crazy
2: (laughs) we all can raise our hand
0: you got them at the same same time you didn't get one at like noon and then one at like 7 o'clock at night you got them both at the same time both at
4: the same time. It's like five thousand calories. Now, if you and had to pick, I had, ju- to, I had to wait because the the second DoorDasher was like three minutes apart from each other. So that was the only buzzkill in the situation, but it was worth
2: it. Now, if you had to pick just one, you go in Panda. Or you go in Buffalo Wild Wings. Panda. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Would you
4: get the orange
0: chicken? What'd you get? Uh, double orange chicken and yep. rice. I used to get that orange chicken. You can't yeah. really
4: charge nothing else. That's the only way to go. EJ Speed, one of us.
2: That's probably the only time that'll ever happen. Uh, you heard the clip right there, a huge force fumble. They're going to open up the second half, and that started the onslaught for the Colts as they beat the Steelers on Saturday. EJ, walk us through that play in stripping Najee Harris.
4: Nah, it was just a, um, was just a situation where running to the ball paid off. Uh, he was out of my vision, so it was a great time to go for um, – to go for the ball uh Najee's a good running back no discredit to him but um I mean all runners when they headed towards the ground uh they kind of put air on the ball I'm sure y'all heard uh Shaq talk about that time after time and um it just paid off I mean the ref didn't see it at first I get up I'm telling him nah that's a fourth fumble he's looking at me crazy like come on bro it's not a fourth moment. so are you yeah, sprinting
2: kinda... to Shane to say challenge that
4: I was throwing my hand up, but they tried to hurry on the ball because I feel like they knew it was the first one, but two. So I'm throwing a, you know, like you throw the flag from your belt mm-hmm. on the field. Um, and then I was like, All right, flip it. they Let me just focus back on this play, on this next play. And then um, I think the Jumbotron showed it, and then uh, it just came. I seen Shane throw the flag, and I knew it was off the field.
2: Yeah, honestly, it was a great in-stadium replay by the Colts. Great work on that. I want to go back to something you just said there about that fumble. You said runners tend to lose air from the ball, and that was something that chat kind of taught you. Could you explain
4: more of that? Kind of just a natural instinct for runners. When they hit it towards the ground, they kind of use their arms to brace themselves, especially when they think their hitters are out of their vision. They kind of use – it's just a little bit of air that comes on the ball that comes from the the ball from their chest to brace themselves to hit the ground so if you time it up perfectly, you always get the ball up.
0: I know all of that happened quick with that play, and you mentioned uh, Coach Steichen throwing the flag and you felt good about it, but if there would have been some more time and the Steelers don't go hurry up there and they don't have it you know, that quick on the Jumbo trying, if you run over there to Coach and say, hey, uh, he was not down, that is absolutely a fumble. Do coaches listen to players at times like that, or is it all coming from up above when they see the replay before, I guess, anybody else?
4: I don't know. This is my first year with taking, so it was my first situation to where he had to challenge one of my plays. I guess we'll test it out the next one. So the next one I'm definitely running to him. I'm 1 0 right now. I always yeah. wonder because some. You're on top of the world. You might have a Zaire yeah. Franklin package put in next week for you. I'm being as good graces right now. Probably try me at a uh, receiver. You know,
0: so, because you know, sometimes you know, the players are right and sometimes they're wrong, obviously. It's such a bang, bang play. EJ Speed with us here uh, on the fan on the Pay Less Liquors outline. You know, You didn't play in the Cincinnati game, but. I would imagine, the you know, that game happens. Watching that film, EJ, that can't be good, right? I mean, that's really the first game. You guys just didn't have it. What was the preparation like this week, knowing how big the Steeler game was and how how much you guys just wanted to get that bad taste out of your mouth with what happened in Cincinnati?
4: Uh, just a lot of guys stepping up to the plate. I think we proved that, um, that in got-to-win situations, you know, we everybody pushes a little harder when they know what's at stake. So uh, I think this week everybody just uh, put their best foot forward as they do every week, but sometimes you fall short, and this week we just didn't.
2: He's EJ Speed, again, leading tackler on Saturday for the Colts. A huge force fumble there early in the third quarter. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. EJ, uh, this past offseason, you re-sign here in Indy. Bobby O'Karake goes to New York. Uh, why did you re-sign, and what did you envision this season being like for you from a role
4: standpoint? Um, I think it was just mainly me, just me believing in the process of um... – of everything that 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 the that the organization stands for, and Chris Baller, he always after every season he always takes full responsibility for everything that happened throughout the season, and I can respect that because when somebody can take responsibility, they uh, they know where they lack at and they know where they can fix and they know where, what the problems are with the organization. He's very much in tune and stays um, and just and just always communicates with us about how he's feeling about situations and stuff like that. So I believe in the organization where it was going. I knew it was getting. Um, A quarterback, I didn't know which one we was getting actually, but uh, I was excited when we got Anthony Richardson, and um, everything just—I mean, everything just felt right to come back. And um, I think now um, we got a chance to make the playoffs and make a run. So, uh, in my eyes, it was the right choice individually for you
2: and this is me talking here it felt like you were scratching the surface like you you had flashed and when you got playing time you had delivered and you almost seemed deserving of a bigger role did you kind of feel that way through your first 4 years of like you know I, i'm ascending as a player and if i just get a little bit more opportunity i can be pretty darn impactful
4: Uh, Yeah, I always felt like that. Uh, I felt like that day one in the league. But um, I just accepted my reality through it all. Uh, The reality was that I was a role player and I had to make an impact on special teams. So that's what I had set out to do. And now that my role increased, I know that I got to make an impact on defense. And that's what I set out to do. Uh, Nothing is bigger than me with this whole process. It's all about our team and helping the team win. So, uh, yeah, that's how I looked at it.
0: EJ, speed with us here on the fan. Uh, EJ, you know, <laughs> you're watching the game. It's thirteen nothing, right? And, and so, like the Bengals game happens, and you come home, it's thirteen nothing, and there's enough Steeler fans there. They're doing the you know the stupid terrible towel thing, and you got to be thinking, hey, what's going on here? What what was the mood on the sideline, and what did you guys do defensively, talking amongst yourselves that hey, we got to stop this. We got to give our offense a chance to get back into this game.
4: Yeah, next time we need to um, we need to have some metal detectors for those terrible tags, <laughs> those towels. Like it, it was too many of them in the stands. But um, that could I be mean, toilet paper to, in the stadium. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, man. They travel well. Uh, I actually gained the respect for them for that game because they was loud on Saturday. But um, through it all, I just through it all, I just knew our game plan was the right one, and if we executed it, then uh, the score wouldn't even be close. So. I think that was that was the that was the vibes for Saturday. Just execute that game plan. I knew it'd be a blowout.
0: And I, and I listen, I know you're a defensive guy and and you're watching the offense and the defense this season has had guys step up, whether they're backups or not, step up and make plays. And one of the storylines was all the backups, obviously you mentioned Gardner Minshew playing as well as he did, but Moss goes down, in comes Goodson, in comes Sermon, DJ Montgomery gets a touchdown as well. When you're a defensive guy and you're watching the offense, you know, there's some injuries and all these guys come in and make big plays. I would have to, I have to imagine that that you know gets you guys gets your blood boiling a little bit in a good way on the sidelines, seeing those guys get an opportunity and go out there and make plays to win a game
4: uh, yeah, definitely. I don't even look at them as backups. I just look at everybody as role players and accepting a role. And the role for those guys was if a guy goes down and another guy steps up. Our uh, scout team actually practiced very hard. Um, they got scout team player of the week and stuff like that. And most of those guys that had good games were previous scout team player of the weeks at one point. So, um <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm excited for those guys. That was a tribute man to, to, to the culture that we have here in Indy. He is
2: EJ Speed along with obviously a team leading tackle a team leading 10 tackles on Saturday him and Zaire Franklin host the Trenches podcast. A great listen. You can check that out on all of your podcast platforms. EJ as a defensive player and you're watching the offense on the field probably a little bit more Jumbotron uh, what did you think of the Michael Pittman Jr. hit?
4: So uh, uh, I mean, it's football, Mike. Um, uh, Pitt is actually one of the toughest guys that own the opposite side of the ball. So um, for him to get hit like that and get back up, it, it, it just added more life. Um, I'm sure if you talk to that guy from Pittsburgh, he would tell you that it wasn't maliciously. He wasn't looking to injure Pitt or take him out of the game or anything like that, even though it may seem like he did. But, um <laughs> It's part of the game, man. We uh, we all take hits, we all give hits, and I'm sure I didn't got some hits that probably seemed a little dirty at, at some point. I didn't gave out some hits that probably seemed a little dirty at some point. So um, it's all in the love of the game. Um, I'm glad that Pitt was able to get up and recover from that. I think he's going through everything he needs to uh, this week to play. And um, I'm glad to see him back on the field on Sunday.
2: As a defender, are you torn at all in seeing a guy get ejected for a hit like that, or did you feel like that kind of qualified as one?
4: Uh, yeah, it did. It qualified. Uh, it was. It was. It's part of the game. I mean, I mean, people go down from injuries. People get ejected from games over hits and everything like that. This is the new NFL that we in. We just all got to accept it. And I'm sure it's like growing pains of everybody just learning how to how to relate to these new rules. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's 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 all in respect to the game.
0: We always say it here uh, that Pittman might be from USC, but there's no pretty boy with his play. EJ, that dude's definitely.
4: tough. Nah, definitely, yeah. Pitt, Pitt, one of those guys.
0: EJ speed That's with uh, EJ speed with us here uh, on the Payless Liquors hotline. Atlanta coming up next. You guys are right there, just staring the playoffs right in the face. How do you how do you stay focused? And I guess what do you know about Atlanta as you start prep for them?
4: Uh, just hone in um as soon as we get that game plan just lock into it and go out there and execute uh my motto is always to be perfect uh even though that is one of the hardest things is very much possible so um yeah, so we're just looking to be perfect on Sunday.
2: EJ, last one from me. I, I, I think our fan, and again, EJ Speed is with us here on the Pale Sickers Highline. I think our uh, audience knows your story fairly well. But for those that maybe didn't follow your story early on, refresh us of what your college career was like from a position standpoint. If I'm not mistaken, you were like mainly an offensive guy entering college. And then what was it like for you at Tarleton State to transition into an NFL linebacker?
4: Yeah, I came in as playing a receiver in uh in college and um I was a quarterback in high school, came in, started playing some receiver, uh, got a new coaching staff and I switched over to the defensive side of the ball. Started playing linebacker about my last two years of college and um yeah, it flourished. I had a great defensive coach uh Coach Patton. Um and um yeah, he's coaching up in Corrales, Colorado State, he's coaching the defensive backs. Uh, Great coach, man. I can say I can go on for for hours about him and Coach Whitten over there when they was at Charleston State and how they came together uh, and had a winning season and you know continued Coach Whitten's legacy and Coach Patton went off to coach at D one at a major D one and those guys was everything. I believed in them. They believed in me, and it all worked out. And now uh, I owe them everything. I owe them my efforts and stuff while I'm in the league to just show that we all made the right decision at that one point in time.
2: Okay, Two things off that. Your first contact with the Colts during the draft process, is it true that it wasn't until that like March pro day just before the draft?
4: <laughs> yeah, it was. I didn't even talk to him in college. It was like after college at the draft and everything like that. I talked to the Colts. and um, I'm so glad they believed in me because I love it here in Indy.
2: And then lastly, uh, who's got better hands, you or Zaire Franklin?
4: Definitely me, and don't let Z take you anything different because I know he is. But it's definitely me, well, <laughs> even though he got the offensive role. So he got he won up me right now. He won up me right now on the polls. But you go full house backfield, forty four and forty five back there. Man, that'll look good. Look at it, man. Next time Stike can get on a radio show, you tell him about that.
2: <laughs> that'll be the first question. We'll toss the... chains away. EJ hell of a game on Saturday. Your absence was certainly felt in Cincinnati, and it was your presence is very welcome against the Steelers congrats on the season so far stay healthy and uh thanks for hopping on man yes sir thank you thank you to EJ Speed I like his goofiness Eddie Panda Express Buffalo Wild Wings on a Sunday
3: I saw that and I was like oh yeah
2: is he one of us
3: it made me hungry for orange chicken let me tell you that
2: one of us
3: does Panda Express have the best orange chicken
2: Uh, Panda Express by the way better than Buffalo Wild Wings right uh yeah yeah I mean I know obviously two very different things
3: um, Chicken wings and Chinese food. Yeah.
2: Thank you, DJ Speed, for that. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, let's g- hop into Twitter questions, Eddie, before we then get to little Falcons.
3: Chatter. No, no. Okay. Ch- changing it
1: up. Should me. we
2: go Falcons here?
1: We always go the opponent okay. first in okay. the Twitter okay. questions.
2: Let's go Falcons here.
1: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: It's the most nondescript roster in the NFL, right? Yep. Go up to the average human, name me three Falcons, could they do it? Well, Well, I really regret drafting B. John Robinson where I did. I really regret drafting Kyle Pitts where I did. You're
3: getting a call, by the
2: way. Is it spam? really regret, I don't know, 765, Buck Creek, Indiana. never even heard of it. I
3: was about to say, hopefully it's not the daycare. Hopefully the kids Uh, aren't in trouble.
2: Trust me. Sadly, I'd be answering that immediately. Um, It is pretty amazing, Eddie, that for what it feels like the sixth time in the last seven weeks, you know, kind of Monday, I start to do a little bit of like preview work for the next opponent. I like to do kind of, you know, mostly game recap specific stuff on Monday, but I allow myself a little bit of time in the day to like, all right, let's start doing a little look ahead at the next team. And all of a sudden, the first thing I read on the Falcons and the headline reads something to the effect of head coach quarterback future in question after bad loss. And I'm like, couldn't this headline have been written for like five of the last six teams the Colts have played? Yeah. And Atlanta is right there. And sure enough, Desmond Ritter gets benched, and it'll be Taylor Heineke, and Arthur Smith is very much on a hot seat there in Atlanta. Um, The other thing I had to laugh at today was one of their beat writers wrote, I believe it might have been a mailbag, wrote, um, should Falcons tank for Jaden Daniels? Okay, so that's where we're at with the Falcons. You know, it was a beat writer mailbag question, and you know, one of these kind of big fan—I don't know if you know—blogs is the right way, but one of these big Falcon fan accounts retweeted it and said, "How would you be able to tell if they're tanking?" So this is where we're at with the Atlanta Falcons. Questions on if they should lose out to get the top five pick, and then the fan base saying. Watch their play on the field. You can't even tell if they're tanking or not.
3: I was about to say. Typically, you rest your best players. Well, they don't even use their best players during the regular it's season. Such a
2: great point. Uh, it's interesting looking at the results. They have played, in my opinion, a very manageable manageable schedule through the last couple of months. Now, part of that is because they play in the NFC South, and you they know,
3: play the AFC South, right?
2: And obviously, the AFC South has been a little bit better, but still, you look at their last two months, Eddie: two wins, Saints and the Jets. The losses. They lost by five to the Titans, three to the Vikings, two to the Cardinals, four to the Bucks, and then this past Sunday, two to the Panthers. So all the losses in there are one possession. Now, the only team over five they they've beat this year is Houston. So in terms of quality wins, I mean, nothing really on that resume either. Um, the defense, again, extremely nondescript, especially with Grady Jarrett out, Um but they've been really sound defensively. That's probably been their strength. Um, I mean, I, I I would have struggled before the week to name you two or three Falcon defenders. Uh, offensively, of course, we know all the young skill that's there. You know, they haven't utilized Robinson enough. Kyle Pitts is nowhere near what people thought he would be for how high he was drafted. Drake London, a guy the Colts weren't very high on in the draft, even though he went, what did he go? I mean, he went like eight or nine, didn't he? Drake London, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really their only wideout. Obviously, they use cordell, pa, cordell Ler, Patterson? Cordell. cordell, cordell Ler, Patterson? Daryl. Daryl, easy for me to say. Jeez, got R's and L's flying out of every tooth gap I own.
3: They also have Cordell-Hodge.
2: Well, I'm not even going to try to go there on that one. Um, and
3: Van Jefferson.
2: And Van has been very quiet Yep. since going there. Uh, you know, Johnny Smith had a big week last week, but it's just a really wild group. They might get a couple of their O line guys back. You know, they lost in the ugly weather. If they went out, I think it's like a seventy something percent chance they make the playoffs, but it just seems like that thought is like not even being entertained at all. Obviously we saw Heineke last year. Uh he's been pretty bad for them when he's been asked to play this year. You know, this is the second time Redder's been benched. Fifty some percent. You know, last year he had a great day, completion percentage wise. We know he can make plays with his legs, but um
3: They do so have a good secondary.
2: Right, but again, a bit nondescript. I mean, Jesse Bates obviously is a name.
3: Um, AJ Terrell.
2: Yeah, that's probably the most notable unit that they have. Their front seven, again, really, really nondescript. They've been really good on third down and the red zone goal to go. So just a lot of situations, they've been good. And personally, they've been very bad offensively. Ritter had a ton of red zone turnovers there. Um, So yeah, that's a little rundown on the Falcons.
3: They're what, 4-4 and at
2: home? Uh, what are they? Six and eight overall. Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. right. Something like that.
3: Yeah. And
2: uh, what's that environment gonna be like? Twenty dollars tickets on Christmas Eve to go see the Falcons.
3: Well, I don't know. You can't get Chick Fil A, so I'm sure it's hell not going. That's
2: a great. If, the, if, the, if this game was on Saturday, that place would have been rocking. Chick Fil A open Sunday? No chance.
3: Now, are you ready for Twitter questions?
2: I am. Yes. All
3: right.
1: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: Just a few to get to today. Brady, haven't thrown one out there in a while with the recent visit from Jarvis Landry. What kind of impact could he realistically have if the Colts went that route. He hasn't played a snap of football in three hundred and sixty six days. Also his age is getting up there at thirty one. Also, any other free agent wide receivers worth keeping an eye out for.
2: Yeah, again, I think at this point Eddie it's just all insurance. Even if Pittman is out, you know, I, I, I would say it's just all insurance for you. Um, you know, Kiki QT again that we brought up earlier, you know, the practice squad guys. I I think K.J. Hamler's gone, if I'm not mistaken. I think they let him go a couple weeks back. Didn't he hurt? Yeah, I think it was practice called injury for the release there. So I, I think it's the group that you got. Um, you know, Landry's, what, 31? A little slot action last season? Yeah, I, I think at, at this point you're simply just trying to cover your basis. Yeah. Of, you know, if you do have more injuries there, you know, where you're at with it. I mean, it's... We're gonna get to the end of the year, Eddie, and like Pittman and Pierce staying healthy for as long as they did, it's been so huge. You know, I, I think if you would have gotten deeper into that outside wideout group it would have been especially Pittman, of course. Uh but yeah, I, I don't I don't see any sort of veteran wideout moves here this late in the year.
3: I don't either. Um, no official injury report yet, so hopefully we can get it within the next couple of minutes before we wrap up. Twitter questions. Colton is up next. I haven't caught the last couple of games, but he's seen Nick Cross has been making some plays and getting playing time. Could you explain the current situation with Cross and the safety
2: room? Boy, how big was that Nick Cross interception? I, I I I hope I hammered that on Monday, but I've watched it now a few times. And again, context of where you're at with the game. It reminded me, Eddie, obviously it's a different type of turnover, but it reminded me of the Juju Brents play in Baltimore.
3: Yes. Kenyon Drake forcing the fumble.
2: Was that 14 nothing? Or was Baltimore going in to go up
3: 14-0? They were driving to make it a two-possession game.
2: I think at that point, like the Colts haven't sniffed stopping them, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was just a... Um, you know, it had been a really poor start just execution wise. You know, Pittsburgh, it was a li- you had answered 13 0, was 13 uh, 7. But still, I mean, that's a first down at midfield, and Trubisky hadn't made, I think, any like kind of fatal throws just yet. And then, you know, I mean, I would think that's a play that Pittsburgh wants, right? Don't they want George Pickens on a 50 50 ball against Nick Cross? Yep. Uh, outstanding play by Cross. You know, again, right now, splitting time with Ronnie Thomas. Um, Maybe uptick that a little bit. and I don't know. Maybe this is something that Gus Bradley likes. You know, doesn't want to overwhelm him with 60 snaps right now. Feels like he's in a good spot here. Um, I don't think Atlanta's testing you vertically. Could be wrong on that. But, um, yeah, that's where Nick Cross is at right now. And I will reiterate what what I said on Monday. I, mean, I, I still think Julian Blackman's an important guy to bring back, even with the emergence of Nick Cross. I, I like multiple safeties.
3: I do, too. By the way, is that a second mouthpiece that's on... The back of his helmet?
2: Somebody was asking about that. Yeah, it's a weird color, though, isn't it? It's yellow. Is that what his normal mouthpiece is? Yeah. You guys should have asked him that. You guys had him on the show today. We
3: you did. Know. We ran out of time because they had yeah. to get to walk through.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a good interview.
3: He was. Yeah. Very good. Uh, go to the, our YouTube. Want to the fan? And you can. Uh, Rewind it, go find it in there and listen to it, or you can download it. It's Query and Company for those That's right. who are unfamiliar. Let's go to our Arizona website and similar. you can download it there. Yep. Uh, three questions left. Tyler would ask Tyler asks, In your opinion, would you rather win the AFC South this year but having to play division leaders, currently the Cowboys, Chiefs, Ravens in twenty twenty four when Anthony Richardson returns, or finish slightly lower in the South, but have a semi easier schedule in twenty twenty four? playoff experience would be nice, but also this team isn't ready for a deep playoff push, in Tyler's opinion.
2: Boy, this question from Tyler, that's going to push some buttons, isn't it? That's
3: something I've been thinking about, though, in the last couple of weeks. It's like, that's the part that nobody talks about. Like, you're making this run for the playoffs, and it's great and all for the short term, but like, in terms of the long term and the development of Anthony Richardson, like, next year, you're going to face Buffalo, and Buffalo, I think, comes here, and if you finish first in the AFC South or even second you're going to see buffalo or miami
2: uh we've got a injury report from the colts oh. Harrison, well i tweeted out do you want to go ahead and read that off it on, it's got some pretty good news on it i do see matt gay right hip i was asking um Shane Sikin today would uh, matt gay get more uh, reps well that looks to be no uh, dnp now he's the only kicker on the team right or i've mean, obviously got rigo but um i haven't yeah. seen it Braden Smith is, is still out.
3: Let's Zach see. Moss
2: was a DNP, right?
3: Yes. Uh, do not participants for center Jack Anderson with an illness. Right hip for Matt Gay. Forearm with Zach Moss. Although that's a little bit odd because Schefter was reporting a shoulder well, injury the, with, the, with an x-ray earlier this week.
2: Yeah, the Colts reported arm initially.
3: Yeah. Uh, Sagun Olubi did not participate with a hip injury. Braden Smith, once again, and DNP with a knee injury. Limited participants for Eric Johnson the second and Michael Pittman Jr. Johnson dealing with an ankle concussion, obviously, for Pittman. And a full participant. Now it is a walkthrough. Right, right, right. For running back, Jonathan Taylor.
2: Yeah, again, just a walkthrough today for the Colts. I would think, you know, practice is going to be pretty darn important for Taylor. Um, you know, part of me wanted to ask Steichen in there kinda of late in the practice. I mean, don't you kinda of want people hitting at that thumb, hitting at that hand? If that's the question. Ball security, pass protection, those sorts of things with Taylor. So I think you'd want to test that out well, now. Well you
3: can do what I just what I'm doing. Yeah, just uh, walk around you know West Fifty Sixth Street with the football line and people just randomly just punching at it. See if they can. I know
2: that's something that you want to compare. Get that puppy loose. Eddie Garrison to Jonathan Taylor. Hey,
3: hey, hey, hey. Uh,
2: Matt Gay, right hip. Interesting. Um, No kicker as of Wednesday afternoon has been brought in, so you would think that he's good to go for. Sunday? just right.
3: go for it every time why not <laughs> just yeah just go for it there
2: um okay Tyler's question one more Correct. time for our audience Sorry.
3: um Tyler asked in your opinion would you rather win the AFC South this year but have a but have to play division leaders next season uh, right now some oh, of those yeah. division leaders are like the Cowboys Chiefs and Ravens um, when Anthony Richardson returns or would you like them to finish lower in the division but have a easier schedule next year because he doesn't feel like this team is ready for a playoff push yeah
2: again I I think listeners of this podcast know, I I, I very much preach, how can you build the six to eight year contender? Um, You know, the draft can be a crapshoot. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you're in the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes. It doesn't matter where you draft. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I still think draft position, I mean, hell, just look at trades. You don't think draft position matters? Yeah. You don't think three or four spots in round one matters in terms of like impact? They can be huge in terms of trading back, trading up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, I mean right now what division leaders are Cowboys, Chiefs, Ravens, that's what he points out. Uh-huh. So if you finish second, you'd have what Eagles, Broncos, Browns. I mean, how you could. I mean who who would you rather play, Eagles or Cowboys? You know, I mean I guess you got to flip a coin well, there. Well,
3: don't they play the NFC East next year?
2: Uh I thought Cowboys might have been the one crossover. Don't you play one team in the NFC just one like oh, one
3: AFC East is what I meant. They yeah, I mean you're
2: gonna play everybody in the AFC East. He's not. He doesn't have the AFC East team, right? No. Then you say Cowboys, Chiefs, Ravens. Yeah. yeah. So you're you already playing everybody in the East. That one doesn't matter. You're.
3: Well it would be. Oh, I guess that's yeah.
2: So basically, how the NFL schedule works is you play two divisions every year.
3: Just a big brain fart on my end. But. Well,
2: no, I I think this is honestly a question I get a lot of a lot. So this year, let's look at the schedule. You play everybody in the AFC North. Yep. You play everybody in the, in the NFC South. You're then single games are. Next week with the Raiders. Why? Because you finished last in the division, they finished last in the division. Um, your other game against the Rams. That's the one NFC game that you finished last, they finished last. Or I guess, didn't the Colts technically finish third? I think. Didn't Houston yes. finish last? Uh And then the last one you would have would have been the other AFC. Who'd you play in the AFC East?
3: New Yeah.
2: New England. So, yeah. So those are the three games on your schedule because you finish in the same slot as them. So you have two of those against AFC division teams, and then you have the other one against the NFC. So um,
3: So the AFC East next year and the NFC West, right?
2: I believe that's correct. I have to double-check that. Yeah, but I think that's right. No, I thought it was NFC North. I thought they have
3: Packers. Yeah,
2: packing. yeah, North, yeah. yeah NFC North, AFCs.
3: But Like, if they finish first, oh boy, San Francisco.
2: <laughs> right. You know, it's um, like, what does a home playoff game do for you? What does that taste of doing it for for you? you it's know, not for
3: it, Anthony Richardson, I mean.
2: Right, and I guess, you know, how do you view it? You know, Tyler's tone with the question would say, you know, oh, well, I, I don't think it means a whole lot. You know, do you get complacent? Do you start resting on your laurels? Or the flip side of that would say, no, now you're hungry. Now you got a taste of it. Now you want more. Now you're saying yeah, that that wasn't you know that was incredible and and you know how do we work to make sure that we you know get to a higher level because you know, to... when you think about it Eddie take out the COVID playoff game who are the Colts players with the Colts that have actually played in a playoff game I mean you got to go back to what Ryan Kelly's year two Braden Smith year one I mean there's not many guys in this football team with the Colts that have played in a playoff atmosphere Pitman Taylor Buffalo. Well, again, to me, Buffalo was such a COVID, you know, yeah. You know, how many fans were there? What, 6,000 or something? Um, so, I do think tasting that, Buck? seeing it, witnessing it. Yeah, but I, I met Colts players yeah, with yeah, the Colts. Yeah, 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 I mean, certainly Buckner I'm has. Just tr- I'm
3: just trying to think out loud here.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are other guys on this team that that, that have, but um, boy, I mean, that I do think would do wonders for this team. I guess Mo Alley-Cox, maybe? Yeah. Uh, No matter how you slice it, Eddie, the schedule's going to be tougher. Luke Rhodes? (laughs) The schedule's just flat out going to be tougher. I just think there was a level of, and again, I'm a big picture guy, but there's a level of, at this point, I just think you just kind of accept the schedule's going to be tougher um, and you're trying to get a home playoff game and see how you thrive in that atmosphere and see if you thrive with Shane Steichen, kind of guiding things in a little bit of a different way. Um, You know, it's amazing to me to think back on November, December, January and to think of all the opponents the Colts have played, Eddie, if you look at since the start of November, Gardner Minshew will be the most experienced slash accomplished quarterback in every single game you've played besides probably Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield, you would say more. And again, you know, I mean, who knows if Baker doesn't have that ankle injury, you know, how does that game unfold? But, like, think about that. If you're a start of season, you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm going to play half the year? And Gardner Minshew is going to be the most experienced, accomplished quarterback, in every game but one. Yeah. And look at the Colts record right now, Eddie. In those games, there's been six of them. What's the Colts record?
3: At least five and one. Okay.
2: Cincinnati's only loss. Yeah. I mean, they've had a great, great record, and you know, if you ask a Colts fan right now, they would say, "We should go two and one or three and zero the rest of the year." (laughs) So I mean, they're going to go, you know, whatever, seven and two, eight and one. Have everyone to look at it, and that's with Gardner Minshew. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean inevitably just NFL luck flip a coin and obviously the Colts you would hope would have a different quarterback under center next year for those games but you know lady luck would say you're not going to have this sort of quarterback schedule to you but I think at this point as much as I do think people overlook even what a few positions in the draft can mean um, I do think getting a home game for the playoffs would be well served.
3: Now who's cooler this Eddie or that Eddie he spells his name differently.
2: Yeah I don't know You you might well
3: I'm E-D-D-I-E. He's E-D-D-E-Y. I'm
2: going to go with him because I know I can can just dangle a couple of Reese's in front of you.
3: By the way, I think this is one of the more unique spellings of it. I don't know if I've seen the E and the Y. I've only ever seen the Y.
2: That is a great point. I know. And you are an I er Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Anyway, his question is, uh, if, <laughs> if this was sent to you, he says, "We have it on there. Great. Uh, there are clear benefits of a head coach who is more of the game manager type, who is able to focus his attention on the entire operation. But do you think, in the long run?" A head coach who calls offensive plays is actually better for all-around team continuity and preparation due to no team being able to poach your offensive coordinator after a successful season. It's clear the Eagles are not an offensively refi- as offensively refined as last year, even though they retain their game manager coach who is able to oversee everything.
2: I will say one more thing on the Michael Pittman front. You know the fact that he's listed as limited. He'll obviously that indicates to me, Eddie, he will try and practice tomorrow. So that is an important step through the through through the protocol.
3: Remember, Uh, I'm fine. He tweeted that out.
2: Hey, he did. He did that. I mean, you know, you know me with Pittman, man. There is nobody like him. Um, Yeah, I think it stabilizes your 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 offense. I mean, majorly. You know, I I've said this to you know Mark Dykman, our media availability and. or excuse me, Mark Dykton in our morning show with Justin Fields and Matt Debraflus. I feel this way a little bit about C.J. Stroud in Houston. You know, if they continue to have great, great success, Bobby Slovic, their OC, I mean, he very well could get a head coaching job. You know, it, Peyton probably would have been Peyton, but Tom Moore and that stability was damn important. You know, Peyton didn't have offensive-minded head coaches when you think about it. So um, having that stability is huge. Now – you could present a project, Eddie, and probably modern day. I mean, what Shanahan calls the plays, Andy Reid calls the plays, Mike McDaniel calls. I mean, there's a lot of very good NFL teams that have their head coach calling the plays. I also point to the big tree on the AFC that you know in our lifetimes, Eddie. They've been the best AFC coaches, and that would be Belichick, and that would be Harbaugh, and that would be Tomlin, and they are the they are the managers, they are the CEOs of it. Um, it is funny though. I think if you look at Baltimore, New England, and Pittsburgh. I don't know if you would say. I mean, it's not like they've had historic offensive success over the years. You know, they've been more of kind of complete outfits or more complete outfits than some other teams. But yeah, I mean, it um, it certainly stabilizes for a young quarterback. And given the draft pick you made, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Which again, you just could not lose sight of matching that up. Again, yeah, I, if Raheem Morris is the head coach, I don't think they draft Anthony Richardson. You don't think so? No.
3: Even though Jim Irsay says they are taking him first overall?
2: Irsay was obsessed with Bryce Young back in February. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. <laughs>
3: It was a smoke screen. Come on now. Yeah, something like that. Final Twitter question goes to Jason. JT Factor aside, did Zach Moss just slide down the depth chart with how Tyler Goodson performed in Saturday's game? And does Goodson get moved to the active roster before someone can claim him off the practice squad? How
2: about that? Tyler Goodson, with a suspension news from yesterday, is on the 53-man roster. One open spot. On the fifty-three man roster as we record this, you know Goodson, um, you get three call-ups a year, so that is a big, you know, part of it. You know, I, I think Goodson exhausted all of them. I think DJ Montgomery had exhausted all of them. That's why he got signed to the fifty-three as well before the start of the game. Um, so, uh, you know, I I, I I do think that's kind of I like Goodson stylistically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I talked about this maybe a couple pods ago. I mean, he gives you a little bit of something out of the backfield, gives you a little jitter bug. Um, you know, if you look at his combine numbers, ran 4-4, four, four, good lateral quickness. You know, he just got—he really got downgraded for his size. That was kind of a big deal for him um, at Iowa. You know, five nine, hundred ninety-ish pounds. But I like the burst he brings. You can tell even recent weeks they've tried to get him in space. Um, so to me, it's like you know, slide down the depth chart. You know, it's one of those things. If Taylor gets hurt, yeah, you have Moss. But you know, to me, I want that ingredient on the field at times, like Tyler Goodson, like specifically. And it's funny, if you go back, maybe Cincinnati, Eddie, or maybe Tennessee, I, I forget which one it was, like, there was just one play for Tyler Goodson, and it was one target. <laughs> like, I mean, he's on the field for, he's going to play, and when he's on the field, we're going to get him the ball. Like, you know, th- clearly, Shane Steichen wants that type of skill set for a reason. Um, so, yeah, I like how Goodson, now you just fumbled there. Is that a bad omen for Jonathan Taylor playing this
3: I one? I was tossing it back and forth.
2: Uh, is that everything? Yeah, that's wise? All.
3: Besides uh, the one and final thing we do every Wednesday pod.
2: Eddie Garrison, Colts and Falcons here in Week 16. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're ready to jump the gun with the score prediction.
3: Well, it's my turn this time. You went first last week. Um, so I guess I. I got a radio go... hit in
2: five minutes, so we gotta we gotta make this quick.
3: Ah, yeah, you're going on with Derek Schultz. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go Colts twenty, Falcons nine. Oh, twenty
2: nine. You could get some good money on that predicting Colts by a double digit win. Twenty three sixteen Colts.
3: Um, I'm just not a believer in the Falcons offense. Yeah,
2: I'm not. And honestly, I think they are teetering big time. I mean, just listen to the chatter, Eddie. It is major major on the ropes. Uh, maybe at home that'll be different. I, you could probably look at it two ways. At home, team, might, <laughs> the home crowd might want to boo you. Whoever's there on Christmas Eve afternoon. Eddie, let's do a Tuesday, Tuesday. All right, twenty six. Does that work? for you?
3: Sounds good. Okay. Boxing Day.
2: Boxing Day here. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Enjoy the time with family and friends and loved ones. Uh, hope everyone has safe travels as well. Thank you for listening to Kevin's Corner. He's Eddie Garrison. I'm Kevin Bowen. See ya.